As we continue with our Lenten journey, we are in the second week of a teaching series entitled Foundations. As so much is swirling and changing in our world, what can we build our lives, our worldviews upon that is constant, that is unchanging, that is able to orient us in these times? What is foundational? We are guided in this series by the most ancient of creeds of the church, the Apostles' Creed. And as we started last week, I've invited you to think about that creed, to memorize it if you haven't memorized it, to talk about it as a small group, as a family, to ponder it. And as we begin today, I invite us again to say it together, to state what it is we believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. To begin last week, we looked at the opening words of the first line, I believe in God the Father Almighty. Today, we are incorporating the second part of that first line and looking at it as one whole piece. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. The scripture that is going to guide us today comes from the book of Genesis, the first five verses of the Bible, Genesis 1, verses 1 through 5. And I invite you to listen to God's word to us today. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be lights, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, as we talked about last week, uh, there is a, a kind of an open assault that has become more and more prevalent on the claim, I believe in God. And as we today look at the second part of this first line, maker of heaven and earth, creator God, it's important for us to acknowledge that the creation story, which we just read, is often at the center of these debates of what science has disproven. The, the, the believing in God, uh, when we see things like the creation story, is the equivalent of believing in fairy tales. We're not going to get back into this today, but it's important that you and I have an informed worldview of how it is that having a vibrant and alive faith doesn't mean that we have to uh, reject a scientific worldview either. There are many who write about this, but as I mentioned and quoted last week, and several of you have asked me about, I continue to lift up this book by one of the most renowned scientists uh, in the world today, Dr. Francis Collins, entitled The Language of God, where he deals with so much of this, including how we as Christians think about the creation story. But for purposes of this day, we are going to uh, move forward under the belief that as people of faith, this is true, that God, uh, we believe in God, the uh, Almighty, and that he is the maker of heaven and earth. 
And what this creed is pointing out and what the first five verses of the Bible immediately point out is that the ways that we engage in and understand God, the ways that we come to know God and who God is, is not just through description words of God. He is Father. He is Almighty. That helps us. But we also understand God through God's actions. And the action that we need to see from the very beginning the scriptures tell us about God is that God is maker. God is creator. And when we say this creed, when we say it's foundational, this isn't just a historical fact. We're not saying God did this a long time ago. The scriptures tell us God is alpha and omega, beginning and end, everlasting to everlasting. God is unchanging. To say that God is maker of heaven and earth is saying that God is still in the process of making the kingdom here. God is constantly creating and recreating just as God did from the beginning of time. God is still as active creating in the world. And the way that we know God and engage God, the way that we follow God is through building our lives on the belief that God is constantly, as the scriptures say, making all things new. We build our lives and our worldview on this foundational premise. And if we do so, I submit to you today that it would change our outlook on life as well as fundamentally change to healthier patterns the ways that we live our lives. That is a bold claim, but it would change our outlook on life as well as allow us to develop healthier patterns for how we live our lives. First off, how would this change how we think? How would this change our outlook on life? This idea that that it's foundational God is creator. You've heard us use the term here at Covenant before, living with hopeful expectation. As we've talked about, this isn't a term that I or any of the pastors or, or, or anyone at Covenant came up with, but it comes through a, a, a theologian who got his doctorate through Fuller Seminary. And his doctorate work, um, this, is, this is Brian Wallace, uh, Brian's doctoral work was to look at human flourishing. What can we learn by, by people who are fully alive and that others look at and go, now that is a person living a deep and purposeful life. And, and some of Brian's research was to say, if we could learn certain common patterns, behaviors that we see in people that others look at going, that person lives with purpose, with depth, then maybe we could learn this as well, that flourishing isn't something some people are born with, it's something we can learn. So that we don't come to the end of our days realizing, as Thoreau writes, that most of us, when we come to die, realize we never actually lived because we just spent our time majoring in the minors. Brian did find certain patterns, certain things we can learn, certain behaviors we can follow. But in his research, as he looked at these individuals from around the country and around the world, he also noticed that there was this thing that was more than just an action or a behavior. It was an attitude. It was a common attitude he kept finding in people of the way that they looked at their lives and the way that they looked in the world and the way that the language that he started to give to this attitude, because he said it's essential for humans who are going to flourish, is the term hopeful expectation. Now, this isn't naive hope. This isn't like every day is going to be swell. Hopeful expectation is living in the difficulty and in the pain and in the hardship and in the loss that real life can bring but also taking seriously what the psalmist says, that God's blessings are new every morning. It's realizing that we can wake up every day with a sense of both real hope and expectation because 
we're building that worldview on the theological claim that God is creating and recreating, that God every day is making all things new, that because God creates and recreates, we can always realize there's no dead ends, that new doors open, that new opportunities open. It's, a, it's an outlook based on the theological claim that God is maker and making all things new. You and I can live and cultivate a sense of hopeful expectation in our life by claiming and, and building on the foundation that God is maker and taking that seriously in our lives. And indeed, it would lead us to healthier patterns. It would lead us to a healthier way of living. And the healthier patterns I think it would lead us to is, is people to learn in our lives to release things to God. To, to live lives where we are constantly turning things over to God and releasing things to God. Because God is faithful. His Father is almighty. And from that place of, of parent who loves us is making things new. This is very countercultural. There was an interesting study that I read recently. It uh, came from several years ago from the American Psychological Association. There was a study of Americans and the levels of stress in their lives. And this was before COVID-19. So let's assume that stress levels haven't decreased for a lot of us over the last 12 months. What this found is that in the, over a five-year period, almost half of all Americans were living with significantly higher stress levels than they had been five years before. Not the same level, not, not a little bit elevated, significantly higher levels of stress, and that our children are more stressed out than children were generations before. We as a people are living with more and more tension, more stress in our lives. And when they looked at the common causes of stress, the most common one was worry about an uncertain future. Is my job secure? Is the stock market gonna stay at a level where my retirement is okay? Are my children, as they gonna get older, make good decisions when they are beyond my control and my house and my rules so much of the time? And when we get into these situations where we realize that things are beyond our control that really matter to us, sometimes our response, and often for many of us, our response is to clench down even tighter, to have more and more tension, more and more stress in our lives, and to, to, to try to drive harder to control what we know we can't in the first place. Does it help? Does it out affect the outcome at all? No, it just makes us a nightmare to be around for those who love us. But that doesn't mean we don't get trying. We just keep living with this tension in our lives. Hopeful expectation says, you're right. You're not in control. That's, a, that's exactly right. But rather than living like this, it's saying, but the one who is in control is almighty, is father, is a parent who never stops loving you, never stops pursuing you, and makes all things new, is creating new opportunities all the time. What would it mean rather than clenching down in tension in our lives and stress to live a life where this, this, this theological truth of God as creator allows us to release? And I even have a technique as we close that I'd like to suggest to you. German theologian Martin Luther was known at certain moments in his life to go through periods of, of deep kind of sadness, melancholy, darkness. When Martin Luther would go through these times, he was known to have this very peculiar habit that I want to suggest to you and I. And this habit that, that others around him noticed was he would start muttering 
this phrase over and over again, not to other people, to himself, this repetition. Sometimes it would go on for hours. At times it was known to go on for days. And when people listened, what they realized when Martin Luther would go into these places of kind of darkness and despair is he would repeat the phrase to himself, I am baptized, I am baptized, I am baptized. I am baptized, I am baptized. No matter what my feelings say, no matter how alone I feel, no matter how much I believe and feel the world is against me, the baptism reminds me that I am claimed by God, that I am loved by God. It was a way of verbally resetting himself to what he knew was true. And I believe that you and I could have a very similar technique of living not with stress and tension about what the the unknowns are, but living with hopeful expectation by releasing to God and that our trigger in the same way could be the repetition of a phrase. That we could have thousands of people in the covenant orbit this week that are wandering around where they live, work, and play, muttering this phrase to themselves, not because something's wrong, but because it's a trigger to live beyond the stress that defines so much of our life right now. And the phrase I would like us to consider using as that resetting mechanism of release is the phrase that we have studied the last two weeks. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in the God who is almighty, who is powerful, who loves me, who always is creating new opportunities. And so, Lord, I take these things that my natural inclination is to live like this, and I release it to you as a spiritual practice to have freedom in these moments. You don't have to do this once. This is something you might have to do every day, maybe lots of moments throughout the day. But this phrase can reset us all this week. And so as we close, I invite you, invite us together as a community to begin now. Maybe to close your eyes. Maybe just to be quiet and to think for a moment about the things that are very real in our lives that cause us to tighten up to name them and see them and to release them to God by saying together what it is we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Amen and amen.